So welcome to the Red Review Podcast. Hi, Jeremy. Hello, mate. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm joining you today from beautiful Bristol. Well, kind of the outskirts of Bristol today. Um, when we get into the video section, it will go on YouTube, which will be our main chat today. People will see me sitting in my plush hotel room at the Aztec Hotel and Spa. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's not bad, actually, for 100 quid. Um, yeah, no, it's been spared. David Brighton. Um, yeah, how about you? What are you up to? Yeah, not bad. I've been out in the world today as well. Been to, been to, uh, not too far from where you are. Red, well, that towards that direction. Reading today to a client site. First time I've been out in a while. Uh, I hadn't told you off off camera, but or off off podcast. But yeah, I went out, started my car this morning, blew it up. Um, not a great start what? to the day. Uh, yeah, I, my car made my, my car made some noises like a bag of big bag of spanners falling down a flight of stairs. So I decided to just turn it off and go and steal my wife's car. Um, but yeah, so that's not that's not great luck. Uh, so I think I might be buying a new car this weekend. Oof, get an electric car. Join the revolution. Well, they never go wrong. They're unbreakable. Well, we're gonna we're gonna yeah because we, there's only one moving part, isn't there? My dad keeps telling me um so yeah now we're gonna we're gonna replace jules's car with an electric one uh because she parks in our backyard and has got somewhere to plug it in whereas i park on the street see so um i have to have a hybrid is the best i can do yeah wimp get an electric car just charge it out just just swap swap with your wife and park in your in your yard or charge it on the street or in your supermarket or whatever else it's the future jeremy the environment Oh, it is. No, I'm all up for it, mate. I'm all up for it. You know me. But uh, yeah, you're much better organised than me. I'll figure it out. But I don't want to spend too so much money had, on cars anyway. We've had a bit of a break from podcasting. Accidentally, not, yeah. Not on purpose. <laughs> so we made a big fanfare that we were going to do series two. And we had um, a schedule kind of lined up and then we just got really busy, as is the challenge with um doing this in your spare time i suppose but the listeners that we've got a, we've got an episode in the can that we've not published yet haven't we yeah so we've we've built a back a bit of a backlog now which is good so we can start to catch back up and we've got some interviews booked and and all sorts of stuff so yeah we're we're, we're back on track now um do you know what, i don't know i don't know if you i got a couple of messages people saying like have you and jeremy fallen out I was like, why? Because <laughs> you've not done a podcast. I was like, no, I'm just busy. God. <laughs> like, there's not, you know, we haven't like fallen out. We're like, you know, we split up or something. We're just busy. This is in our spare time for free. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is it's a hobby and work gets in the way. You know, if anyone should understand that, bidders definitely should, shouldn't they? Yeah. It's a, it's a demonstration of our perhaps poor time management but i think sometimes even the best time management in the world you, you just get busy don't you so mm. we've been busy we've been i've been bidding like bilio and you've been launching new clients which is very exciting yeah no it's been good fun it's been good fun it's, it was good to have uh, uh, a week off or so um to recharge the batteries a bit if anything i've been very lazy at weekends as well this this actually being busy and having lots of work to do thing has caught me out a bit in sort of my I don't know resilience or energy levels anyway so um although it's good to be back up to speed mm, yeah so any big highlights of the past few weeks what have you been up to did I see you actually being a lecturer and did you did you wear a blazer with suede elbows on it when you were presenting i didn't because uh, it was on a saturday morning so I, I i presented to uh an mba group at cranfield university or lectured uh, did, did a um a couple of hours of lecture stuff with them or just on, online obviously not in person covid safe and all that uh, big big zoom call um on capture and bidding because uh, their their wider course or that this, this bit of course that they're doing at the moment is about business growth wide um, and Cranfield don't really have much specialism in bidding in particular um, they're very well looked after in terms of 
client development and strategy, uh, but they don't really know very much about capture and they definitely don't know much about bidding. Um, and so yeah, it was very nice. I, I did I did a, a talk for Cranfield on one of their um, diploma courses that they do for uh, business owners and, and execs, uh, in effect, um, account leader type people. Um, and that went down quite well and that, that positioned me for doing some lecturing. So yeah, very, very grown up. Um, although yeah, I was wearing a t-shirt on a Saturday morning and yeah, there was one geezer on there, full tweed, with like a massive, I think you've got like some sort of stately home, great big library. <laughs> you know, I'm in the wrong crowd here, Jesus. Uh, but I didn't swear, uh, I stuck to my APMP rules. And uh, yeah, it went <laughs> down well, good feedback, very interactive actually. Very interactive group. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, it's really I good. The, when you're doing an MBA, you're at that stage when you're paying a bucket load of money and you've got to get every moment out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some really bright, engaged people. So that was that was that was quite good fun and opens up a bit of exposure in a different place. But it's just it's it's quite as someone commented on the post that I did on LinkedIn about it, and I replied, it's quite important that somebody does something in representing our discipline um out into the world in in some different places rather than just the echo chambers of apmp events and whatnot um so it's there's a lot of people out in in the in the wider industry i actually think i think there's probably more people out in the wider industry there are in the apmp community when you look at kind of the recycling of speakers in events and stuff so i think there's a lot of it's opened my eyes actually working with some new bid consultants we did this panel in mace who aren't on the main APMP kind of circuit that actually they're just in a, you know, they're just a completely different client base in a completely different world outside of the kind of APMP bubble. So yeah, it's a, it's a good thing to do, definitely. Hmm. That was fun. How about you? What have you been up to? Uh, not a lot. Bids. Bidding, bids, politicking. Um, the water's got colder in the dock, so I am still swimming in the dock. Um, and it will be through the winter now. Does it get to a temperature where you stop, or do you just carry a bigger wetsuit? Uh, I have got. I have. I'm still. I went in this morning. It was 13 degrees. So to give you an idea, in the heat of the summer, it was 23, and it was too hot to wear a wetsuit. Um, it's now 13, and I'm still in my summer wetsuit, which is a, which is um hasn't got any sleeves on it. And actually, it was fine to be getting. You're like, fuck, this is cold. But actually. It was fine and I was kind of plopping around. The only reason I had to get out was because I had to go to work. So um, that was nice. But yeah, no, I'll carry on. The coldest I've done is four, and that was in my full wetsuit. But my full wetsuit's got loads of holes in now, so it's not exactly the most effective thing. <laughs> like Because it's like four years old and these things slowly tear because you have to like, uh, you know, you have to very carefully pinch them as you pull them up because you could put your nail in it or you pull it too hard and then the seam goes. So um yeah, but I'll carry on swimming through the winter. We, we do this kind of thing in, this, in the dock called the the sub ten club. I don't know. Did you used to have? Did you have swimming lessons when you were a kid? Oh yeah, I swam for the county and all sorts. Okay, so like you know, like you had five, your five meter badge and your ten meter badge and stuff. Well, they've got proper old school badges, but it's like ten swims under ten degrees, and then twenty five, and then fifty. So you get different badges. Oh wow. So like so on, so on something, but they're all kind of for this sub ten club, which is swimming for at least 10 seconds or 10 minutes under uh under 10 degrees i think they've, they've reduced 10 seconds now because but i guess it's quite dangerous for some people to be in the water for long periods but i could do about 10 15 minutes in sort of five degrees before I, my fingers start falling off so um yeah so still swimming still bidding still politicking um yeah but but i'm in bristol today because i'm doing the um apmp mentorship thing uk cool mentorship panel thing so i've got to be i'm going to be trained on how to be a better mentor that'll be really interesting well you, you were saying off off camera as it were that pippa said it was a really quite a useful course so you're you're quite looking forward to it, aren't you i am um, yeah i had a good chat with because i was on the first cohort but couldn't make it um i had a chat with pippa birch from pipster bib, bib solutions Pips of solutions, pips of solutions, and um, yeah, she said it, it was interesting to hear the difference between being a coach and being a mentor. And actually, it sounds like what I've been doing as a mentor, because I do mentoring in in work, um, particularly because we have 
a kind of mentoring program. Um, it sounds like I could have been doing coaching. I don't really know. So for me, mentoring, we've got a program at Mace, we kind of set a, pl a joint plan and then we just kind of have a catch up and see how they're getting on and give some sort of advice based on my experience. But perhaps that's, perhaps that's more coaching. I don't know. So I'll find out tomorrow. And then on the next Red Review, I'll tell you what I think. We're going to report back. Yeah, very good. Report back. <laughs> um, so we are doing, Jeremy, today, we're doing our news round news roundup whatever we're going to call it episode where we've picked some stories from september we're trying to not just pick i guess bid corporate stories about people winning stuff or launching stuff um but we've picked a few kind of different things in the bidding world and kind of in the more general kind of world news to, to have a chat about so we've got five topics in 25 minutes ish um shall we fire into it and at this point we'll turn the video on and this main section will go out on youtube for the four people who are currently watching our yeah. youtube videos <laughs> i said to jeremy before this begins i haven't promoted it at all so unless you listen to the podcast you wouldn't actually know that it's on youtube um but we wanted to get a few on there before we start promoting it but i think it's going to take a while for it to for it to go yeah cool let's crack right let's get into it So Jeremy, on the Red Review News Roundup, I need to come up with a better, catchier title. On the Red Review News Roundup from my hotel room in Bristol, and you and your wife's beautiful office, so you haven't got your amazing wallpaper behind you today, we are doing our news stories, five news stories that caught our eye today, uh, caught our eye in September. Yeah. Um, so number one, what's number one? Uh, number one is the first presidential debate. What did we think? Yeah. What could we just learn from the presidential debate? Do we, do we include the vice presidential one as well? We could do, but I've not watched it in, in its entirety. No, neither have I. And I don't, and it doesn't make my point as well as the presidential <laughs> one does. <laughs> All right, you, you, crack on, you crack on with your point. So why are we talking about this? You, you put it in the notes. Oh, I think, I think got to take presidential the presidential debate in in the through the lens that American politics particularly is a very negative uh, style of politics. So more than British politics or uh, other politics in other countries, it is very much predicated on trashing your opponent rather than necessarily inspiring change. Mm. Um, but I think what what the presidential debate is very clear is neither was taught was told to be empathetic towards the audience or try and get the audience on board and it, and to me it was very much like a bidder who just shouts at a client saying i'm fucking brilliant i'm the best ah. i've done everything brilliantly okay. and, and we've all been there when when like you got and 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 i say this with the with not talking about any execs i work with now but working with execs who read the bid and go oh you haven't said that we've said we've the biggest but underwater basket weaver in Spain. Well, we have, you haven't said that we won these 17 awards for something that's not relevant to the bid at all. But can you tell them that we're brilliant? Um, can you put more quotes in? But, but the quotes aren't relevant to the subject. It's fine, just put it because it's evidence. So it, it was very much people shouting at each other and at the camera about how great they were and how bad their opponent was, as opposed to trying to build an argument that brought people on... on um, on a journey and I think from in that respect my view is that bidders could teach them a thing or two about how to pitch and how to sell and yeah. it was almost a how not to do it it was that video is going to appear in like people's training of like how not to do a presentation in the future uh, well it will in mine now thanks for that mate that's a great <laughs> shout <laughs> yeah well I, I, I think you're right I, and I thought it was interesting how um the the vice presidential debate was different which is why i raised it really um in, in how uh the the difference between the two how how um you know she managed to keep pence uh pinned on on that interruption point um and i i think it's just interesting without giving the politics to money, but fuck it. Obviously, if I was American, I wouldn't vote for Trump. Um, it's like, you know, a ticket to set the world on fire. 
Um, but it's it, I think it's interesting how Biden um, and, and his uh, candidate for uh, VP are both lawyers by background, by trade, as it were, and had gone through that. And um, and so the way that they know how to work the room is quite different uh, from Trump's team, I would I would say, although of course much more they're much more compliant and normal as it were in in how politicians used to work before we got a bit populist. Um, well, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because you see that in in British politics now with Keir Starmer, who's a yeah. a lawyer and, and legal professional and then Boris Johnson who's a journalist and two very different styles of delivery and at the moment you could argue that at least at the dispatch box Kia does ring run rings around Johnson building an argument building a case if you like and then kind of nailing him with his with his final position uh, so I think I think it'll be interesting when we do have a general election in the UK whether he does stand up to scrutiny in that kind of debate debate scenario because he can't just kind of shout the camera like he did with Jeremy Corbyn and Jeremy Corbyn not being able to respond I think it'll be an interesting uh, interesting thing but yeah presidential debate I think it'd be interesting to watch how it goes whether or not anyone's going to coach either of them on talking to the audience and building empathy because there is you know they say in American politics it's the politics of a third there's a third that will always vote Republican and a third that will always vote Democrat and there's a third that swing and yeah. you've got to win the third to win um, I think to a certain extent it's, it's the same in English politics. I wouldn't say British because British is impacted by um, obviously the other countries. But um, yeah, so I, I think that's the interesting one. And whether Trump is playing enough to the middle, I'm I'm not quite sure. Yeah, well, it's it's probably the most important election. I was going to say in a generation, but more than that, possibly that was, that was, that was Brexit. <laughs> well, maybe, but I, I think for the world, um, we need an America in the Paris Agreement, you know, being a world leader. Um, because unfortunately, I was, I was reading the, the Economist at the weekend, and the strongest economy that's coming out of the pandemic, surprise, surprise, is China. Um, and they, they're going to be on mass expansion if we, if between America and Europe, we don't pin it back. Um, mm. And it's not in a nice way. So, uh, yeah, if we want to, uh, you know, keep the world certainly environmentally in a good place, we we need a, a strong um, American leadership. But there you go. Anyway. Good point. Good point. So story number two, I should do it. We should come up with a jingle, shouldn't we? Da, 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 da. Story number two, strategic proposals won the. Uh, won gold, and I don't know if there's multiple people who win gold or not, at the International Business Awards. And what piqued my interest on this one is because it wasn't actually about a bidding company winning something about bidding. It was bidding a bidding company winning something about customer engagement and marketing. And yeah. it posed the question to us, do bid people make good marketers when it comes to hero content, things like white papers and events, because the creativity and the understanding of the audience kind of rings through maybe through a bidder more than it does for a marketing person a traditional marketing person at least which is very kind of outbound broadcasting in its traditional marketing sense what do you think well well congratulations to to john and bj and the, and the gang uh, either side was it was it the uk bit or the european bit or the american I think it was bit? the uk bit it was the uk bit did a conference in february that unfortunately i couldn't go to because I was in Disney World. Well, we won't be getting back there anytime soon. Um, but yeah, they, they did it. And and so I went to their first one. I don't know if it's their first one. I went to one they did probably six or seven years ago. And I can still remember it because of the production values of it um, and the quality of the speakers and the content and everything else. Um, but, and apparently this one was equ equally as good very very well put on very well structured um so this was their uk kind of uh conference they put on for their clients and prospective clients purely heads of bids closed room chatham house rules all that sort of stuff so we can't talk about what they discussed on it but yeah it just posed the question really like i think i think you know sometimes bid people can get kind of pigeonholed into being kind of editors or project managers and actually the creativity piece that 
comes out of all those roles um translates well into these big hero set pieces in marketing i think yeah well i mean i we're going to talk about the latest issue of bq in a bit but i, I did an article on the previous uh, must have been issue eight um, about how capture is the new frontier for being to expand their sphere of influence so it's largely through getting into the pipeline of their businesses and trying to influence opportunities into the team that are on a much better footing using capture to do that um, but actually you know sp have been talking about proactive proposals for a while and have talked about it at different conferences and things and done some great research and pr about it i mean we, you have to say fair play to sp they are the best business in the game at research putting a point of view out there all of that good stuff i mean as a competitor for me that's that's really strong i i don't have the scale or resources to do that sort of stuff but they're doing exactly what i would want to do um once the business scales to a point where i could afford to do it in effect so fair fair and they do do a very good job so um fair play to them it's, it's thoroughly deserved because it's it's good thought leadership for our discipline because um many of the issues they're putting research out on are the sorts of things quite rightly that uh, those heads of bids and people who go to their compendium thingy um should be thinking about so um and I, I'm not sure they whether they know it or not. I'm not sure whether they are just a bidding company actually anymore. Uh, I don't know how John feels about it, but um, I, I think he, he would say they're they're a proposal company. Yeah, not even bidding. Yeah, I don't know what that he's means. A, he's a purist in that sense, isn't he? Um, that's what I like about John. Yeah, he's very clear. They do proposals, not bids. They don't do capture. Yeah, but I, I think proactive proposals are a subset of capture. It's 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 uh, taught in the syllabus for the capture practitioner APMP thingy, but it's it's just good practice. I mean, part of the way that I, you know, when I was working with Morgan Sindel, that I've helped double that business unit in a couple of years was by hitting certain key target clients with white papers, proactive proposals that we, we very much took the methodology of shoot for the stars and you might hit the moon. Um, and it worked. It got us into meetings with FDs and directors of estates that they'd, they'd only had dreamed of getting meetings with previously because we said, you know, give us all of your projects and we'll we'll de deliver them as a proper construction partner as an integrator and blah, blah, blah. Lots of wonderful things. Great value proposition that would have saved the clients shitloads of money. Um, and some clients bought it, some didn't, but it gets you in the room and visibility of their pipelines. They have to give you their pipeline to have that conversation and, you know, away you go. So um, I, I think it's a great implement for even just opening doors, even if you don't land whatever it is that you're trying to land with them. But I, and I think it's interesting matching the work that SP have done in that space or certainly the thinking they've put out publicly against what marketing companies do or marketing departments of companies. Um, I mean, certainly, I think Mace have got a lot better than this, actually, talking about your employer and my my old one. Um, I think they used to go a bit off piste a bit back in you know, a few years back, but under um, Mr. Hendy's leadership with DD, I think you guys are doing a, a great job too. And that's actually fairly rare. I think marketing functions, um, when they're left to their don't do so well. Yeah, I think there's a trend of people think to do white papers and they they're just garbage and actually getting some proper thought and depth in them does actually pay pay off. So yeah. um well done strategic proposals. But you mentioned BQ there and that's our next news item or thing we liked in September. So da, 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 da. number yeah. three was BQ if issue nine was released or was published, um, which for those who don't know is the quarterly is it quarterly is that what the q stands for yeah it is yeah it's bidding quarterly like bidding like quarterly gentlemen's quarterly yeah um bidding quarterly um thought leadership paper from bid solutions and they have a series of industry experts and and one at least one industry hanger on who uh write a series of articles <laughs> um about a particular topic <laughs> one of which is mr brim and you can decide whether he's the hanger on or an expert um and so we're going to chat about so 
Come on then, Jeremy. You can't choose yourself, and I'm not going to choose you, even though, of course, you are my favourite. Um, what was your favourite article in, in the last uh, episode or episode issue? Um, so the, the, the last issue, it, we should say, actually, it was it, the editor was Nigel Hudson, uh, which is quite, mm. quite nice, actually. He's a guest editor. Uh, Mart- and Martin Smith at, at, at Bid Solutions puts a lot of thought into this actually and it's it's a, a there's there's a lot of people who've been involved in it a long time I'm I'm the new kid on the block um so there's, there's you know obviously it's got the Tony Birches and John Williams and the the usual sort of gang um now I, I think Martin it was a difficult one because Martin to give you the sort of behind the scenes a little bit Martin had sent out the theme right at the start of the pandemic this one's actually been knocking around a while and was a bit delayed um and the th- what was the theme um the theme was about uh, the necessity thing i can't find it it was necessity is the mother of invention that's it oh yeah and there was a lot of stories and articles in it about people who'd faced a challenge and had overcome them yes um so i i think some people got a little bit confused by that title and martin ended up having a lot of emails backwards and forwards i'm not sure it was quite as smooth as it as it normally is um but there it, somehow it's it's all come together um the although some of it's a little samey so i think i've gone with the brief a little bit um so in terms of um, what, what go on then what was your favorite article my favourite article was uh, Chris Carlin's one, actually, the guy who did that. <laughs> we haven't planned this, but guess what I was going to say? Oh, same, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, and funnily enough, it's, it's in, his one was in line with what we've just been talking about, the, the subject before, uh, about learning from Donald Trump, actually. But his spin on it is about, uh, obviously, we don't want to learn all of the bad um, stuff politically from Trump, but one thing you can learn from Trump is how he lands a message by keeping it simple, using simple language, which I had been focused on a bit recently because I've been working with some clients, uh, some really lovely people um, who seem to think writing a bid means they have to write like a lawyer, um, you know, using uh, extended verbose, you know, really d- quite complex language when they're actually trying to articulate something that's very simple. Um, yeah. And so I, so that, that I thought one, it was a solid article, actually. Yeah, that one resonated with me as well. I think probably for a similar sort of thing. So um, a couple of the big things I've done recently have been quite technically heavy with kind of very, very clever people who are kind of the top of their field and therefore say something very simple in a lot of words, with a lot of buzzwords and, and industry jargon. And actually, one of the big challenges, and we've had strategic proposals supporting us on one of the two, was just simplifying the language so that it was accessible for the average person. Yeah. And and it's interesting, you know, one of the challenges you get is, well, I'm writing about this topic and the people who are reading it are like me. Um, and thankfully, I'm fully aware that big clients and Network Rail are a prime example of this. To test their bid, a big bid I did a couple of years ago, you know, it was a multi-billion pound deal. They split the answers up and purposely gave them to people who were both subject matter experts and weren't subject matter experts. So as an example, like EDI, because that's what I wrote, um, was evaluated by both like the HR team and their financial director in Network Rail and their, and a safety professional. Because and it was it was kind of by by chance, but they kind of mixed up the evaluators, but on purpose. So there was no but a there was no bias because people were kind of like, you know, well, I know they're good and that's field so I'll give them a better mark. But B, did the answer actually make sense when it was on paper? So simple language and breaking down complexity and actually one of the one of the big things i've been focused on recently is just using the same word for the same thing you know a tool a process an approach a system a methodology a model are all the same thing in a certain respect so just say one of them and just say the same thing so clients clear is it our partnership model or our partnership our partnership process or our partnership chartering approach or our partnership this or our partnership that or is it just one of those and let's just say the same thing again and again so I, I that one really resonated. A couple, a couple of mentions, of course. There were some really personal articles in there. Cats from Strategic Proposals talking about when she had her stroke, and that was kind of again the 
um, mother of necessity, kind of having to deal with that, and Tim Snell talking about losing or dealing with losing his hearing through through stress, and Graham um, Ablett 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 from SP talking about getting uh, potentially getting ME as well from kind of um, through his career. So a few kind of personal stories in there as well, which I thought was really nice to read. So a great a great episode. Can you give us? Are you allowed to tell us what episode? what issue 10 is about or does we have to do you have to wait for the topic no I, I don't know yet actually i've got to wait for the topic i don't know um and i i'm not sure i'm allowed to say actually when i do find out so we'll, yeah, we'll just have to breeze past that i'm afraid <laughs> you probably aren't so um uh, uh, story number four do you want to do a jingle this time well Love it is um, APMP launched or the first time I came aware of it and it was in September, the replacement for bid proposal con in Nashville, which is BPC Global. And imagine Rick Harris saying that in his amazing accent. Um, so they've moved kind of the headline speakers of bid and proposal con online. Interestingly, charging for um, this for this time, obviously there's a free one early on in the year um 25 hours of premium bid content um any any thoughts jeremy uh not really you know no one's asked me about it or spoken to me about it so i wasn't offered the opportunity to sponsor it no one's asked me to speak at it yet i could get up off of my ass and go and engage because you don't ask you don't get i guess but i've just been busy so to be honest with you i'd seen the emails just opened it briefly glanced at it and closed it and that's as much as i know i'm afraid um i to be honest it i re i realized that the last freebie one they did was june wasn't it the one we took part in but it, it feel it feels like five minutes ago and this one is in october isn't it it must be a week or two away two weeks away um so to be honest it, to be honest mate it's crept up on me and the last one only feels like five minutes ago so um, and then, of course, in between, I guess the other thing I've been on the both in the bidding world and outside it, I've been on the hamster wheel a bit with online events because I did Chris Carlin's one and spoke at that. But then I've also done um, Showpad's Transform conference as well, which is in, in the sales enablement space um, because we're trying to enter that with um, some of our stuff. So. Um, yeah, I'm a bit, I wouldn't say fatigue's the right word. It's just, there's, there's just so many plates spinning. Uh, this one's crept up on me, I have to say. I see, I'm the reverse. I feel like the one we did um, in June is like months away, like feels like years. But I guess that's because I've had such a busy, busy summer, right? With kind of seven day working and stuff. Um, but I'm interested in this one. So I'm, you know, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. I guess all the, all the sponsors are, probably the sponsors that were in for BPC um, Nashville. So um, they probably just spun them over or given them first right refusal. And oh. I think a lot of the speakers are the headline speakers they had for BPC. Interestingly, what, after my comment about, you know, the same people on the circuit, with the exception of um, John Williams, and I'm not a kind of APMP aficionado to know these people, I don't recognise any of the other speakers they're promoting. So that's that's a that's a good sign i think that they're getting some different different voices in the room these might actually will be people christina cadden rita Cad coldwell melissa cothran etc jeff leitner um they may well be people who are in the apmp world anyway and i just don't know them but Certainly it does feel like a, maybe a different uh, group of people yeah i think so I think so. It's just interesting how the ecosystem of these things is going to shake out because you've got uh, in Australia, they had their version of BIDX, APMP, um, which was a slightly different thing to the to the UK BIDX thing, which is a series of shows in effect, uh, which the, the next one's uh, Friday this week. We're recording on the 13th. So this episode might not go out until after that's taken place, actually. Uh, but they've got old Chucker, haven't they, as, as a speaker on that, which is pretty impressive. Um, so there's, there's lots of good stuff going on. Um, it's, I wonder how it will shake out next year in terms of, because we'd obviously got used to physical conferences 
you know, in the States in October, whenever it was, and, you know, the UK one, uh, whenever it is, and at certain points in the year. Uh, and I think it feels like the calendar's going to get a bit shaken up or change. But so it'll be interesting. So one, one, final, one final thing on this. Um, I'm speaking at nothing bid related. Well, it might be a bit bid related, but speaking at the Highways UK conference, which is the big um, highways conference in, in the Brit British highways industry. Um, and they are not having any presenters. So every session is either a panel or a fireside chat. Now, I, I thought that's interesting, but but the email came and basically their parent company runs this like a global prevents, events provider. And basically on all their feedback that they've had, presentations fall flat and people like to hear people chatting. So they've they've banned powerpoints and people talking over slides and instead purely you have to do fire and i'm doing a 15 minute fireside chat on uh build 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 and kind of what can we do to get projects to um to site or to to into delivery quicker um well, we're still kind of working i'm doing it with uh, eib who are a, a pretty cool bid consultant that we use in the in the infrastructure space again not on the apmp circuit but very much in the Kind of more business community and actually in their sector and market so they're big in highways but yeah i think it's gonna be interesting interesting to see how that works where you've got an entire event which is built around discussion as opposed to presenting i think that that could be the way to go so i think that'd be an interesting one anyway yeah, we, we are gonna we're gonna move on to our final one i'll do the i'll do the jingle Da, 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 COVID-19 tracker. Uh, we're talking, so the final thing caught our eye is some amazing work by Tussle. So for those who don't know Tussle, they're a um, one of those kind of providers who aggregates all the OG notices and public notices and provides them to you in a portal. So there's a few different providers in the market and I couldn't say one is better or any different than the other. I'm sure Tussle will kill when we've said that. But what Tussle are great at is taking that data and using it for marketing purposes. And they put out this thing about how the government has spent 12 billion pounds on the COVID response to date and where the money's gone. And actually this article has ended up in like mainstream press, people bashing Deloitte and PwC and all sorts. Interesting, I've not seen anyone bashing McKinsey and I can't work out, work out why, because they've had a load of money as well. But they've got this COVID-19 tracker where you can track all the government spend through public procurement where it obviously is in the public domain a lot of it isn't um, and some of that rightly so some of that may be wrongly so um, but yeah I, I saw a fascinating piece of work and what a clever idea using that data to um, I guess expose some potential corruption potential all the lawyers on the call um, but also to as a tool that actually if you thought about it as a bidder and we talk a lot about capturing positioning and understanding your market you could really understand the market if you applied the same methodology to another topic I don't know let's say you were a sports equipment provider and you were tracking where certain money was going in the market and who the big players are and where the funding's going or what the trends are this kind of analysis of of award data I think is is a fascinating um thread to to pull on don't know what you think yeah no, I, I i think um it's an interesting space tussle so well well done to them because i think i don't know whether i can say one platform in their market is better than the other but these guys are definitely winning the marketing race uh, and the pr race because they've knocked it out of the park with this one fair play um, and actually funnily enough one of my clients uh, uses tussle and i've, I've been using it through through my recently and it is it's it's a decent platform um and useful data um so yeah i, I mean I, I i'm through my work with clients actually um i can't name names but i am seeing a significant amount of direct award going on at the moment um partly covid related and partly brexit related and that's some of that's construction stuff but some of it's in other markets too actually completely unrelated um but fa fairly serious scale starting to really heat up um and thankfully actually the government is using uh, proper crown commercial services frameworks or you know proper public sector frameworks to do that rather than giving it to an accountancy firm that's been open for five minutes because someone's mates with someone 
Um, as I think I've said fairly strongly before, there was quite clearly some fairly shady stuff going on through the early phase of the pandemic that's, you know, it's going to wash out and it's going to be bad. And good, people should be punished for it. Um, and it should be highlighted because there's, as I teach in my course, there's a bloody good reason. You know, we moan about procurement, you know, practices and uh, the sorts of hoops we have to jump through in public procurements. But there is a very good reason for it. You know, if you think back to the Brexit ferries and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, this is our money that could books and teachers and nurses and stuff. Um, so we've got to make sure it's it's spent well. Um, and I, I think actually um, we're the country that takes the EU regs really to heart and implements them properly compared to the rest of Europe. If you bid stuff in the rest of Europe, it's that they don't actually follow through with quite a lot of what the, the, the meaning of the regs are. We're probably the most compliant country in the world, I think. Um, I think it depends. Uh, 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 I've done a, a bit of bidding in Eastern Europe, and I would say they are actually they're stricter because of in-country procurement rules. They do, they, but they do apply more of the more of the you know they do apply the regulation the same way as the UK does. Mm. Okay. Anyway, COVID nineteen yeah. tracker. We will put the link to all the articles that we've talked about in the show notes, and if this is. If you're one of the four people on YouTube, it's in the comments down below. Um, and of course, when we put the marketing out for these, we'll kind of link some of these interesting things. We'll be interested here during October, any articles that catches uh, people's eyes. If anything catches your eye as we uh, go through the month of October, drop me or Jeremy a note and we'll we'll try and weave it in and, and out to the next session. Jez, um, we've got a sponsor coming up um for our next episode did you want to um talk about that so we talked before about you know we need to we want to grow the podcast and we want to get uh use it as a tool and opportunity to expose new brands to new a new audience and and we're very fortunate and thank you for joining us on the podcast we've got a large and fairly stable audience when we look at our stats um interestingly almost a 50 50 male female split which is a good sign for the bidding industry and our audience and a slowly growing american cohort who are listening to us so um howdy is that american yeehaw uh who uh, have joined us we've probably lost them all now sorry <laughs> <laughs> so who's joining us next week jeremy um we've got chris with a k from who's chief executive zate um who have a product uh, that IT products born out of Scandinavia and the oil and gas industry. Uh, I think you met one of their BD people when you were at the BPC in Europe, didn't you? Um, yeah, they were headline sponsor. Were they? Okay. Did I say it right? How you say it? I think so. I don't know. It's it's written X A I T, and I reckon that's Zate. Yeah, and then so. their package is is something like Zate Porter. That's um, it. Yeah, which is their authoring tool, which 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 looks really clever, um, mm. really nice, nicely put together, clear proposition. Uh, it'd be interesting to talk about um, with him maybe on the podcast or outside what he thinks the differentiators are, because I think there's quite a few products in the market. Um, that offer this kind of um, online authoring um, knowledge management platform, Lupio uh, and the like, um, RFPIO, Easy PQQ, all those types of things. So yeah, I think it's interesting. But I, I, did, I had a demonstration, it, it did look really swish. So um, interesting to hear more about the background, I think. Um, yeah, well, um, we've had so, feedback that people enjoyed hearing the story behind a lot of these businesses. So it'd be interested to hear kind of how it got started and, and what they've been up to. Yeah, I mean, we should remind the audience that yes, they're, they're, we're going to charge companies money to come on, but it's not just a sales pitch from a, a vendor. Uh, we're not really into that caper. We're interested in the story. Yeah, we'll talk about what it does and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but that's not the lion's share of the conversation. It's it's about the story of where it's come from, the journey that. Um, and then their their perspective on the market in different ways, I think, uh, because vendors yeah. from different positions have a different view. And I and I can have some 
fence with him a bit because I've been getting demos from all of his competitors pretty much in the last few months for various. So I've now got a view of uh, the whole market. Um, so I'll be able to talk about strengths and weaknesses or where, where he sees himself differentiates all that kind of stuff from a fairly informed, unusually informed position. I think it'd be I think it'd be an interesting chat. I'm looking forward to it. So if you are um, listening to this before the next episode comes out, you know, do do subscribe, follow us on iTunes or Spotify wherever you want, or follow us so uh, you get notified when the next episode comes out. So Jez, I think we're at the end of the show. So should we play the outro jingle? Yeah. Um, and we'll have a quick chat podcast audio only about what we're up to in the next couple of weeks so jazz another interesting episode nice to be back it feels like so long since we've spoken um yeah well, we've the hamster wheel a bit haven't we both of us yeah yeah i um i'm glad i'm glad the kind of the heavy work is over i've got one i've got a big a big bid on going at the moment but i'm i need to decide what i'm gonna call myself i'm not the bid director so i guess i'm the executive bid director that's what that's how we talk call it on a nace project you'd put the executive director of the director basically i it's obviously sits in my responsibility but i'm not the bid director which is quite nice to not be bid directoring something and actually i've got one of mace's absolute top people as the bid director he'll he'll tell he'll tell everyone he meets he's number 13 into mace and mace now employs six and a half thousand people around the world so he he was genuinely in on the ground floor and has stayed with the company for his entire career and done some amazing projects birmingham new street dublin airport manchester airport schemes in london turkey middle east does he you wear know i'm talking about yeah i was gonna say does he wear quite a lot of speed <laughs> he has, he has mono, everything monogrammed. <laughs> his, his dress down is a three-piece suit rather than a three-piece suit. <laughs> um, it's an but no, and it's go, and so far it's going well. It's a difficult technical bid, so it needs someone who really gets into the weeds of the detail and has a little black book of suppliers to ring up and get ideas and innovation. So um, I've got that one running and and. With except with the part with the exception of that, I feel like it might be quieter in the run up till Christmas. But famous last words. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not quite so sure. So because I'm in terms of what I'm up to for the next couple of weeks, uh, so there's some CCS bids kicking off actually, both uh, main framework bids uh, in different markets, and some major bids going through some of the construction related frameworks as well there's some uh, interesting uh, programs of projects that the government are kicking about um, and also helping clients uh, react to some of this direct award uh, you know proposed or expressions of interest it's because it's not they just they don't just phone you up and say here's a job you have to jump through a few hoops um, still it's not quite direct award really um, so there's a, there's a lot going on. I, I think it's going to be busy until uh, possibly like March or April, I think, with this kind of stuff. Uh, but it's certainly up to mm. Christmas. It's, it's it's going to be busy. Um, and then I've got a bit bit going on at home really because we've um, I've sold my rental property, my my lad's flat that I had before I was married. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's gone. So I've got a, a year's year's salary in the bank to give us a bit of reassurance for these years, whatever the recession is that we face. Um, you know, I got made an offer by the people renting it, so I've got shot, uh, but it gives us a bit of money. We're into that awkward fifth year now in our, our proper family home and there's stuff worn out and DIY to do. So I'll probably have a good go at doing some of that and then have to pay someone to come and fix it. Yeah, interesting. It's going to be an interesting year, I think. Yeah. What, what, what have I got coming up? Um, well, obviously, mentoring course tomorrow. I'm having most of next week off. Um, although I probably will do a bit of work. I'm, I'm just kind of 
having a staycation somewhere out of the house um oh. and i'll probably use the time to do some admin like filing emails and um updating my crm contacts and that sort of stuff uh got a, a mace leadership conference on thursday which is online so that'll be interesting to see how how that goes with you know 150 mace leaders on teams how many turn their cameras on and participate um no it should be good i'm sure uh i'm sure they've designed lots of interactive stuff to keep people engaged like it like it is when it's in person but no i mean i, I genuinely think it might be a bit quieter for me in the run up to christmas which is good because um uh, we won't talk about it in detail on the podcasting but my my politicking is getting very busy and very um bit nasty at the moment so i need to have some time to make sure i'm steering clear of the nastiness and supporting those i should be supporting so yeah it's going to be an interesting few months i think um but with that being said jez i think we're at the end of the podcast i think we've run out of things to talk about which is unlike us yeah <laughs> we could we could say something controversial about someone and then get into trouble again but we won't no we're trying to be good now <laughs> yeah let's not <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, I'll see you uh, next week because we're, we're going to be back into our weekly cycle uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the Red View today, listeners slash viewers. And we will be back next week. Cheers, Jez. Cheers.